Hey, this is the Pandola Project with your Monday motivation. I'm your host, Matt Pandola. And I'm Jake Parker. We are here as we are every week to give you a dose of motivation to help you achieve whatever your goals may be. All right, Jake, what are we going to talk about today? Today, Matt, we're going to tackle the timeless question, the question that everyone who works in the fitness industry has heard a million times. How do I lose weight? Yeah, everybody out there listening, if you're not trying to lose weight yourself, you probably have somebody that you love and care about trying to lose weight for health benefits, trying to have a good, healthy, happy life and avoid the doctor, right? Absolutely. And if you do pay attention to this topic, then you'll probably notice that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I think that's very frustrating to people who do struggle with their weight. Yeah, it's tough because... We did a little research before this podcast, not a big surprise, but what's it, uh, U.S. News and World Report, 95% of diets don't work. What's crazy is about 95% of gym memberships don't work either. Big surprise there. There's got to be some kind of a common theme, I'm thinking, Matt. No coincidence, right? Mm. This is kind of setting us up for failure when we go into these kind of programs without a plan, Jake. I think we have to always have a good plan to start. So people who do have specific goals, smart goals, they tend to see more success. So first of all, let's try to get rid of the resolutions. That's a big mistake. In my opinion, when I have a resolution, it's almost like, well, New Year's, I'm going to come up with that new plan for myself that's going to just change everything. Yeah, I don't have any problem with wanting to change yourself. And if it happens to fall in the New Year season, fine. But if you're waiting for that day to actually enact a plan probably not going to work. Right. So just make a plan and start working on that plan right now. While you're motivated, while you're frustrated, make that plan. Use that frustration. Learn about what you're doing right and what could be going a little bit better. What are your challenges right now? What are your obstacles in getting to your goals? Writing that plan down based off of your why is going to give you a much stronger foundation to start. Which means you're going to have to pay attention, which is always my first piece of advice whenever I have someone who asks me a question like, how do I lose weight? You've got to pay attention not only to what you're eating, that's kind of the obvious thing to pay attention to, but all the peripheral things, your energy, your time, what's your time being spent on, what happens, what do you eat when you get busy? So you can look at different programs that tell you to eat three times a day or seven times a day or once a day. And people want to know, well, what should I do, Matt? What's better for me? And the truth is, I don't know until I look at your life, your schedule, your demands. And then from there, we can decide what's best for you. But the truth is that it comes down to if it works for you. Yeah, you've got to make it easier on yourself and your coach because is this good for me or is this bad for me? Those are just bad questions because we need more context. Like one time I I remember I had an athlete years and years ago and she asked me, is mac and cheese out of the box bad? And I was like, well, okay, oh God, how do I handle this one? So here's the deal. And you know, you have all these things you have to explain, which the general answer is, yeah, but maybe not. Maybe for an uber athlete, maybe it's perfectly fine. Well, I'm not going to say it's good or bad to somebody. Maybe 
having that mac and cheese is bringing back some good comfort, some good memories from when mom used to make it for me. Right. And that's perfectly valid. Now, maybe changing that to, is that something that should be less often? Mm -hmm. Is that something that I should put into my program sparingly? That's maybe a better way to look at it rather than just good or bad. Yes, because when you have that, we use the example of boxed macaroni and cheese, there's a lot of things in there, right? And you have to pay attention to which of these ingredients are going to serve me beneficially and which are going to be harmful to me because there are so many things in it. Yeah, if you can't pronounce the names of some of the ingredients, right away, you know that's probably not the best fuel sources for you, and that needs to be more sparingly in your program. But you look at basic ingredients, usually there's going to be maybe four or five basic ingredients that you know what it is, you can pronounce the names, that's probably not so bad for you. And when it comes out of a box, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's just that, unfortunately, a lot of box foods have a lot of fillers, have a lot of ingredients that you don't want in your system all the time. And be smart about what you're looking for in your ingredients because Matt just mentioned that most things that are beneficial are going to have four or five ingredients. Well, Matt, I'll be vulnerable here for a moment. This past weekend, I bought a five-layer dip. So I'm talking bean dip, cheese, guacamole, salsa. That five quote-unquote layer dip probably has 35 ingredients. So, Jake, what would you call that bean dip? Is that a cheat meal for you? Yeah, I, I don't really like that term because cheating to me is bad. I didn't consider it bad. I think I justifiably earned it. It was A, a social occasion. So every now and then I do like to have fun. And when I do, I'll eat something that I wouldn't normally. We had also done a lot of rock climbing that night at this group of friends of mine. And afterwards we went to the grocery store. I saw that and I said, I want that. I earned it and I ate it. So we want to look at food as being sometimes fun too. So you're just telling me that in this particular case, this was a fun food for you to have. Mm -hmm. It was outside the norm, though. And as long as we understand the parameters here, you can't exercise a bad diet away. You nope. can't exercise bad nutrition away is a better way to say it. I don't like the word diet either. But I think of foods like this as being my off food or my off meal. Mm -hmm. And every time I write the word off down in my plan, I can see how often I'm going off my plan. If it's not that often that I'm off my plan, that's nothing to really worry about. And most likely, you're going to stay on your plan because you're giving yourself some off foods once in a while. Because you're probably not going to feel too great the next day, just like I did not feel great after all those tortilla chips and uh, the dip. I like to give myself some off foods. My daughter and I will have a pizza once in a while. Of course, I have to have gluten-free. I can't handle the gluten that well, but I'm still getting in a lot more grease, a lot more cheese than I'm used to, but it's okay. It's mm -hmm. fine to do that. I really want to take the long-term approach and looking at nutrition, but even taking in that pizza, I can do that in moderation. I don't have to have every last slice of that pizza. And I think that that's something that a lot of times we have formed habits and we don't even realize it. Going back to when I was growing up, a bunch of Italians in my family eating a lot of grains, a lot of pasta, 
that's what they told us we should have in our food pyramid, right, Jake? Yeah, that food pyramid, man. We got to do a whole podcast about that someday. Yeah, we, we got turned around on that thing pretty well. And so I remember growing up, just finish all the food on your plate. But also if there was extra pasta left in the pot, well, finish that up too, because we don't want to have to waste our food. Yeah. And then if there's any left and you literally cannot eat anymore, you'd give it to the dog. (laughs) Right. So let's talk a little bit about our macros now, Jake. Macros being macronutrients, the big ones that everybody knows, like protein, carb, fat, fiber. There's no bad macros. And a lot of diets, they will vilify a macro. So it used to be that fats were really bad. And now it's carbs that are really bad. There's no bad macros. There are bad choices within each macro, of course. So let's just look at our plate right now. On our plate, what do we have there? What have we set up for our meal? Let's have dinner, for example. We have salmon on our plate. We have asparagus or maybe some salad. And we have some potatoes. I do have better suggestions on how you can eat those macros without overeating. The first thing, eat that salmon first. Eat your protein first. Is that because it's more filling? It's more satiating? Yeah, it's satiating. You're getting in your protein needs. Of course, your body is going to respond really well off of the healthy fats you're getting in. So especially something like salmon, we know that's a good choice. We know that asparagus or your salad, that fibrous carbs that you need that with the micronutrients that are in that salad as well. And it is also going to continue to help to fill you up. Fibrous carbs are great for doing that. Then last, go to your starchy carbs, go to those potatoes. Odds are you're not going to be as hungry and you're going to eat less of that starchy carb. Which is sad because that's basically the opposite of the way we receive food in restaurants. You know, you always get the basket of bread first or the fries come with the burger and you usually eat the fries first. Yeah, We're we're backwards. And that comes back to what we talk about with critical thinking. Pay attention. This is a good example how you can use critical thinking. You're still getting in your macros. You're not taking out any of the macros, but you are prioritizing a little bit more for what's going to work best for your body and for your weight loss goals in this case. Yeah, I think it's important to reiterate that no macro is bad. It's all about in what context. And then, Jake, if you're still hungry, I'd say now let's go for seconds. You can have more salmon. You can have more salad. Odds are by the time you do that, you're going to be satisfied. And that's not a bad way to go about this. You're going to have more dense calories that are going to help with your overall satiety. So you're not going to get as hungry or hungry between meals. I don't think you should actually go hungry between meals. I think that's a lot of times an indication that you're not eating enough or you're avoiding things like good fats. But what about that misconception that you're supposed to let your stomach growl for an hour, Matt? Yeah, I hear it all. And the idea that I shouldn't have anything after six o'clock, for example, this just simply isn't true. It just comes down to how many calories a day are you taking in and what are those calories doing for you? Are you taking in good quality calories? Are those calories supporting your goals? And we tend to overeat when we're not taking in calories that we really need, starving ourselves or going hungry, going to bed hungry. 
man, I'm not going to get a good night's sleep because I'm hungry. Yeah, it's a pretty weird dreams. Yeah, if you dream at all, you might get up because you're hungry. Mm -hmm. Then you raid the fridge Mm -hmm. or you don't raid the fridge and you're up half the night hungry. And so now it's disturbed your sleeping cycle. And because of that, the next day you crave calories and carbs even more. Yeah, you notice that when you're really tired, you get really bad cravings for food you don't normally eat. Especially carbs. Yeah, I'll speak for myself. I'm terrible with that. If I don't get enough sleep, I'm hungry. And so when you look at your plate this way, you'll have more success. Don't deprive yourself. Don't let yourself go hungry. Eat until you're satisfied. But we're saying really eat the good stuff first. And you probably do want to have less of the starchy carbs when you are trying to lose a little bit of weight. And we talk about incremental changes here. That's why I say don't cut out the starchy carbs. I hear so often that, well, I'm on a diet now, so all I'm having is vegetables and protein. That's it. I'm not touching carbs. Well, first of all, vegetables are carbs. Mm -hmm. They're just fibrous carbs. It takes longer to break down. You want to take in some starchy carbs. You don't want to deprive yourself of that entirely. Your body needs that too. You probably just need a little less of that, but without having any starchy carbs, let's take sweet potatoes, for example. I'm going to have some sweet potatoes or some yams, much less likely that I'm going to go for that dessert afterwards because I had some starchy carbs. But after all that, Desserts can be last on your list. If you still want to have some dessert, let yourself have that dessert, but you're probably going to have less of it than you normally would. And don't completely deprive yourself, but maybe make better choices. There's some tricks you can use there when it comes to even having a dessert. So an example there would put a little bit of whipped cream on top of your berries. Whipped cream is not going to have a lot of calories to it because it's mostly air, but it's going to add that extra sweetness if that's what you're desiring. Mixed with the fruit, you're going to have a lot better result from that dessert than if you grab the entomans. I feel I'm kind of lucky because I don't think I was born with the sweet tooth. And so berries and whipped cream has kind of always been my go-to dessert. I never eat dessert, but when I do, that's it. Everybody around me can't stand it because I don't want the cake. No, those berries, that serves what my brain is looking for in those moments when it has a craving for sugar. Berries and cream, man. Yeah, my wife always freezes bananas. Instead of letting bananas go bad, she throws them into the freezer. When my daughter wants to have some ice cream, a lot of times she just blends up those bananas. It tastes a lot like ice cream and maybe sprinkle on some fruit to that, some berries to that, and even a little bit of whipped cream on top, no problem. It's a great dessert and it's not going to completely sabotage your nutrition program. Especially after you've already taken care of what your body really needs for energy, your proteins, your carbs, and your fibers, and then you can throw in the fun stuff. Yeah, and there's a couple other tricks that you can use. For example, instead of having orange juice in the morning, which is just loading you up with sugar. Man, I was raised on that. Me too. And then I learned the subtle differences between oranges and orange juice later. 
Yeah, I'm spiking my insulin levels before I've really even started my day. Yeah, first thing in the morning. Yeah, and of course now I'm going to crash, right? And I, then I, what do you want? You want some more sugar again. So set your day up properly too. But if you have an orange, and of course orange is going to have natural sugars in it, nothing wrong with natural sugars, but orange juice that's like six oranges, and you wouldn't eat six oranges most likely. And if you did, it. it would take you 30 minutes. You can drink a glass of orange juice in 30 seconds. Really good point. So here's another big one. Jake, when you watch people out in the hot sun and they're exercising or even in the gym, what do you see them drinking a lot of times? Oh, Gatorade. Everybody's got their sport drink of choice, but yeah, Gatorade. And they're trying to replace electrolytes. That's what we're told. But what they're really getting is... Lots of sugar, lots of additives that we don't need, food colorings, etc. We don't need all of that sugar. We do need, of course, some electrolytes. So just use a little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt. Put a dash of that into your water. If you do need a little bit of sugar, well, grab something like a banana, and that's going to be perfectly fine for what your energy needs are and how much you're actually using during your workout. Sometimes even without having a banana, just having my water and my sea salt, that's all I need. I don't take in extra sugar unless I'm really doing some high-intensity interval stuff. Other than that, I don't really need it. If you don't need it, then most of the rest of us probably don't either because you are very, very active. I remember the first time I saw your head trainer, Zach, do that pink sea salt trick in the water. I was like, what are you doing, man? That's gross. But it's really such a small pinch. You don't even taste it. And you could also put a little bit on your salad or just on, sprinkle it on your food if you don't like the taste of it in your water. A little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt on your salad, believe it or not, even on your fruit, it actually tastes pretty good. Well, Matt, you in a previous podcast have admitted that your sugary drink of choice at one time was Mountain Dew. Yeah, I was doing the Dew. Another case of how advertising influences us, right? Absolutely. I would see all of these extreme athletes and they were promoting Mountain Dew. I was drinking it thinking, man, I need this. I'm a good athlete. I need the caffeine. I need the sugar. I'm using it. What's the problem here? Well, I really ended up noticing a huge difference once I finally got off of it. One of the factors that I was looking into at the time was my recovery, my bone density, my overall health with all of this soda I was taking in. Of course, it wasn't doing so good of a job on my enamel and my teeth either, right? Mm -hmm. So I ended up replacing that with sparkling water. It gave me that same texture where I wanted to take in something bubbly. That took care of that. And I like the dew, but I really love lime. That's what I figured out. I love lemon and lime. Natural lemon and lime? Yeah, I just, I like the taste. So I ended up just getting lemon juice and lime juice, putting that into my water. That satisfied my cravings, made me feel much, much better than drinking Mountain Dew did. It did take a little while to get adjusted and off of the dew, but eventually... I wasn't missing it anymore. And of course, it was much healthier for me, Jake. That's what we're talking about here. Just trying to replace some of the bad habits, some of the foods or drinks that gives us challenges 
and we still have cravings, so we want to address those cravings. If it's something sweet like that, I can replace it with something that gives me the taste I want, but with all, all the sugar. If it's something that's crunchy or salty that I want, I can put some pink Himalayan sea salt on it. That's going to help that craving more. So finding what works for you there to replace your cravings you don't have to deny yourself. You just replace that with healthier options. And you might be surprised at how satisfying it is, but just give it a chance. It takes more than a few days to get rid of those cravings. A few weeks in, you definitely start to lose those cravings. And if you keep up with it, it becomes a habit just to grab that pink Himalayan sea salt or to grab that sparkling water instead of the soda but you can do it. And that just comes back to what we talk about critical thinking. This is important enough to me that I'm going to take this approach and I'm not going to keep repeating the same patterns that sabotage me or keep me from getting to the goals I want to achieve. I have talked to so many clients that lose weight initially, but then gain it all back. And they're in this vicious cycle they think they're going to do a 90-day boot camp class or something to this effect, lose the weight, maybe, but at what cost to their body? It's harder on their body to lose the weight and gain it back, keep going into that cycle. It's defeating. And two years later, they're still struggling with the same things, even though it takes longer in the approach we're talking about and these incremental changes aren't necessarily as obvious as quickly they do endure and your long-term goals are much much better this way so take it slow and pay attention and let us know how it goes we love hearing from you please send us an email pendola project at gmail.com yep and the pendola project is on facebook give us a like there And if you like the show, consider writing a review on your podcast app wherever you may be listening. And remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to be a little bit better. Thanks for listening.